Part three, chapter three of A Key to Uncle Tom's Cabin by Harriet Beecher Stowe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Chapter three, Separation of Families, Part one of two here are some excerpts from cabin and parlor by j thornton randolph page thirty nine what must the difference be said dr worthington with startling energy between isabel and her servants to her it is a loss of position fortune the fair hopes of life perhaps even health for she must inevitably break down under the unaccustomed labor and privations she will have to undergo but to them it is merely a change of masters yes for the neighbors won't allow any of the families to be separated of course not we read of such things in novels sometimes but i have yet to see it in real life except in rare cases or where the slave has been guilty of some misdemeanor or crime for which in the north he would have been imprisoned perhaps for life but they're going to sell us all to georgia i say how are we to escape that spec there's some mistake in dat replied uncle peter stoutly i never knew a sich a thing in dese parts except where some nigger'd been very bad by such graphic touches as the above does mr thornton randolph represent to us the patriarchal stability and security of the slave population in the old dominion such a thing as a slave being sold out of the state has never been heard of by dr worthington except in rare cases for some crime and old uncle peter never heard of such a thing in his life are these representations true the worst abuse of the system of slavery is its outrage upon the family and as the writer views the subject it is one which is more notorious and undeniable than any other yet it is upon this point that the most stringent and earnest denial has been made to the representations of uncle tom's cabin either indirectly as by the romance writer above or more directly in the assertions of newspapers both at the north and at the south when made at the north they indicate to say the least very great ignorance of the subject when made at the south they certainly do very great injustice to the general character of the southerner for truth and honesty all sections of country have faults peculiar to themselves the fault of the south as a general thing has not been cowardly evasion and deception it was with utter surprise that this author read the following sentences in an article in fraser's magazine professing to come from a south carolinian Quote, mrs stowe's favorite illustration of the master's power to the injury of the slave is the separation of families we are told of infants of ten months old being sold from the arms of their mothers and of men whose habit it is to raise children to sell away from their mother as soon as they are old enough to be separated were our views of this feature of slavery derived from mrs stowe's book we should regard the families of slaves as utterly unsettled and vagrant and again we feel confident that if statistics could be had to throw light upon this subject that there is less separation of families among the negroes than occurs with almost any other class of persons End quote. 
as the author of the article however is evidently a man of honor and expresses many most noble and praiseworthy sentiments it cannot be supposed that these statements were put forth with any view to misrepresent or to deceive they are only to be regarded as evidences of the facility with which a sanguine mind often overlooks the most glaring facts that make against a favorite idea or theory or which are unfavorable in their bearings on one's own country or family thus the citizens of some place notoriously unhealthy will come to believe and assert with the utmost sincerity that there is actually less sickness in their town than any other of its size in the known world thus parents often think their children perfectly immaculate in just those particulars in which others see them to be most faulty this solution of the phenomena is a natural and amiable one and enables us to retain our respect for our southern brethren there is another circumstance also to be taken into account in reading such assertions as these it is evident from the pamphlet in question that the writer is one of the few who regard the possession of absolute irresponsible power as the highest of motives to moderation and temperance in its use such men are commonly associated in friendship and family connection with others of similar views and are very apt to fall into the error of judging others by themselves and thinking that the thing may do for all the world because it operates well in their immediate circle also it cannot but be a fact that the various circumstances which from infancy conspire to degrade and depress the negro in the eyes of a southern-born man the constant habit of speaking of them and hearing them spoken of and seeing them advertised as mere articles of property often in connection with horses mules fodder swine etc as they are almost daily in every southern paper must tend even in the best constituted minds to produce a certain obtuseness with regard to the interests sufferings and affections of such as do not particularly belong to himself which will peculiarly unfit him for estimating their condition the author has often been singularly struck with this fact in the letters of southern friends in which upon one page they will make some assertion regarding the condition of southern negroes and then go on and in other connections state facts which apparently contradict them all we can all be aware how this familiarity would operate with ourselves were we called upon to state how often our neighbors cows were separated from their calves or how often their household furniture and other effects are scattered and dispersed by executors sales we should be inclined to say that it was not a misfortune of very common occurrence but let us open two south carolina papers published in the very state where this gentleman is residing and read the advertisements for one week the author has slightly abridged them commissioners sale of twelve likely negroes fairfield district r w murray and wife and others versus william wright and wife and others inequity in pursuance of an order of the court of equity made in the above case at july term eighteen fifty two i will sell at public outcry to the highest bidder before the courthouse in winsboro on the first monday in january next twelve very likely negroes belonging to the estate of mikaja mobley deceased late of fairfield district these negroes consist chiefly of young boys and girls and are said to be very likely terms of sale and so forth 
w r robertson c e f d commissioner's office winsboro november thirtieth eighteen fifty two administrators sale will be sold at public outcry to the highest bidder on tuesday the twenty first day of december next at the late residence of mrs m p rabb deceased all of the personal estate of said deceased consisting in part of about two thousand bushels of corn twenty five thousand pounds of fodder wheat cotton seed horses mules cattle hogs sheep there will in all probability be sold at the same time and place several likely young negroes the terms of sale will be all sums under twenty five dollars cash all sums of twenty five dollars and over twelve months credit with interest from date of sale secured by note and two approved sureties william s rabb administrator november eleventh thirteen by two commissioners sale of land and negroes fairfield district james e caldwell administrator with the will annexed of jacob gibson deceased versus jason d gibson and others in equity in pursuance of the order of sale made in the above case i will sell at public outcry to the highest bidder before the courthouse in winsboro on the first monday in january next and the day following the following real and personal estates of jacob gibson deceased late of fairfield district to wit the plantation on which the testator lived at the time of his death containing six hundred and sixty-one acres more or less lying on the waters of watery creek and bounded by lands of samuel johnston theodore s dubose edward p mobley and b r cockerell this plantation will be sold in two separate tracts plots of which will be exhibited on the day of sale forty-six prime likely negroes consisting of wagoners blacksmiths cooks house servants and so forth w r robertson c e f d commissioner's office winsboro twenty ninth november eighteen fifty two estate sale fifty prime negroes by j and l t levin on the first monday in january next i will sell before the courthouse in columbia fifty of as likely negroes as have ever been exposed to public sale belonging to the estate of a p vinson deceased the negroes have been well cared for and well managed in every respect persons wishing to purchase will not it is confidently believed have a better opportunity to supply themselves j h adams executor november eighth administrator's sale will be sold on the fifteenth december next at the late residence of samuel moore deceased in york district all the personal property of said deceased consisting of thirty-five likely negroes a quantity of corn and cotton horses and mules farming tools household and kitchen furniture with many other articles samuel e moore administrator november eighteenth administrators sale will be sold at public outcry to the highest bidder on tuesday the fourteenth day of december next at the late residence of robert w durham deceased in fairfield district all of the personal estate of said deceased consisting in part as follows fifty prime likely negroes about three thousand bushels of corn a large quantity of fodder wheat oats cowpeas rye cottonseed horses mules cattle hogs and sheep c h durham administrator 
november twenty third sheriff's sale by virtue of sundry executions to me directed i will sell at fairfield courthouse on the first monday and the day following in december next within the legal hours of sale to the highest bidder for cash the following property purchasers to pay for titles two negroes levied upon as the property of allen r crankfield at the suit of alexander brodie at all two horses and one jennet levied upon as the property of allen r crankfield at the suit of alexander brodie two mules levied upon as the property of allen r crankfield at the suit of temperance e miller and j w miller one pair of cart wheels levied upon as the property of allen r crankfield at the suit of temperance e miller and j w miller one chest of drawers levied upon as the property of allen r crankfield at the suit of temperance e miller and j w miller one bedstead levied upon as the property of allen r crankfield at the suit of temperance e miller and j w miller one negro levied upon as the property of r j gladney at the suit of james kamick one negro levied upon as the property of george mccormick at the suit of w m pfeiffer one riding saddle to be sold under an assignment of g w boulware to j b mickle in the case of george murphy jr versus g w boulware r e ellison s f b sheriff's office november nineteenth eighteen fifty two november twentieth thirty seven x t f commissioner's sale john a crumpton and others versus zachariah c crumpton in equity in pursuance of the decretal order made in this case i will sell at public outcry to the highest bidder before the courthouse door in winsboro on the first monday in december next three separate tracts or parcels of land belonging to the estate of zachariah crumpton deceased i will also sell at the same time and place five or six likely young negroes sold as the property of the said zachariah crumpton deceased by virtue of the authority aforesaid the terms of the sale are as follows and so forth w r robertson c e f d commissioner's office winsboro november eighth eighteen fifty two estate sale of valuable property the undersigned as administrator of the estate of colonel t randall deceased will sell on monday the twentieth december next all the personal property belonging to said estate consisting of fifty-six negroes stock corn fodder etc terms of sale and so forth september second the tri-weekly south carolinian published at columbia south carolina has this motto Quote, be just and fear not let all the ends thou aimest at be thy countries thy gods and truths End quote. in the number dated december twenty third eighteen fifty two is found a reply of the women of virginia to the women of england containing this sentiment believe us we deeply prayerfully study god's holy word and are fully persuaded that our institutions are in accordance with it after which in other columns come the ten advertisements following sheriff's sales for january second eighteen fifty three 
by virtue of sundry writs of fieri facius to me directed will be sold before the courthouse in columbia within the legal hours on the first monday and tuesday in january next seventy-four acres of land more or less in richland district bounded on the north and east by lorax and on the south and west by thompson trap also ten head of cattle twenty-five head of hogs and two hundred bushels of corn levied on as the property of m a wilson at the suit of samuel gardner versus m a wilson seven negroes named grace francis edmund charlotte emmeline thomas and charles levied on as the property of bartholomew turnipseed at the suit of a f dubard j s lever bank of the state and others versus b turnipseed four hundred and fifty acres of land more or less in richmond district bounded on the north and so forth large sale of real and personal property estate sale on monday the seventh day of february next i will sell at auction without reserve at the plantation near linden all the horses mules wagons farming utensils corn fodder and so forth and on the following monday the fourteenth day of february next at the courthouse at linden in marengo county alabama i will sell at public auction without reserve to the highest bidder one hundred and ten prime and likely negroes belonging to the estate of the late john robinson of south carolina among the negroes are four valuable carpenters and a very superior blacksmith negroes for sale by permission of peter wiley esq ordinary for chester district i will sell at public auction before the courthouse in chesterville on the first monday in february next forty likely negroes belonging to the estate of f w davy w d de saussure executor december twenty third estate sale of furniture and so forth by j and l t levin will be sold at our store on thursday the sixth day of january next all the household and kitchen furniture belonging to the estate of b l mclaughlin deceased consisting in part of hair seat chairs sofas and rockers piano mahogany dining tea and card tables carpets rugs andirons fenders shovel and tongs mantel ornaments clocks sideboard bureaus mahogany bedsteads feather beds and mattresses washstands curtains fine cordial stand glassware crockery and a great variety of articles for family use terms cash also a negro man named leonard belonging to same terms and so forth also at the same time a quantity of new brick belonging to estate of a s johnston deceased december twenty first great sale of negroes and the saluda factory by j and l t levin on thursday december thirtieth at eleven o'clock will be sold at the courthouse in columbia one hundred valuable negroes it is seldom such an opportunity occurs as now offers among them are only four beyond forty-five years old and none above fifty there are twenty-five prime young men between sixteen and thirty forty of the most likely young women and as fine a set of children as can be shown terms and so forth december eighteenth eighteen fifty two 
Negroes at Auction by J. and L. T. Levin will be sold on Monday, the 3rd January next, at the courthouse at 10 o'clock. 22 likely Negroes, the larger number of which are young and desirable. Among them are field hands, hostlers, and carriage drivers, house servants, and so forth, and of the following ages. Robinson, 40, LZ, 34, Yanaki, 13, Celia, 11, Anaki, 8, Robinson, 6, Candy three, infant nine, Thomas thirty five, Di thirty eight, Amy eighteen, Eldridge thirteen, Charles six, Sarah sixty, Beckett fifty, Mary eighteen, Betty sixteen, Guy twelve, Tilla nine, Lydia twenty four, Rachel four, Scipio two. The above negroes are sold for the purpose of making some other investment of the proceeds. The sale will therefore be positive. Terms, a credit of one, two, and three years for notes payable at either of the banks with two or more approved endorsers with interest from date. Purchasers to pay for papers. December 8, 1843 black river watchman will copy the above and forward bill to the auctioneers for payment poor little skip likely and valuable girl at private sale a likely girl about seventeen years old raised in the up country a good nurse and house servant can wash and iron and do plain cooking and is warranted sound and healthy she may be seen at our office where she will remain until sold allen and phillips auctioneers and community agents december fifteenth eighteen forty nine plantation and negroes for sale the subscriber having located in columbia offers for sale his plantation in st matthew's parish six miles from the railroad containing fifteen hundred acres now in a high state of cultivation with dwelling-house and all necessary outbuildings also fifty likely negroes with provisions and so forth the terms will be accommodating persons desirous to purchase can call upon the subscriber in columbia or on his son at the plantation december sixth eighteen forty one t j goodwin for sale a likely negro boy about twenty one years old a good wagoner and field hand apply at this office december twentieth eighteen fifty two now it is scarcely possible that a person who has been accustomed to see such advertisements from boyhood and to pass them over with as much indifference as we pass over advertisements of sofas and chairs for sale could possibly receive the shock from them which one wholly unaccustomed to such a mode of considering and disposing of human beings would receive they make no impression upon him his own family servants and those of his friends are not in the market and he does not realize that any are under the advertisements a hundred such scenes as those described in uncle tom may have been acting in his very vicinity when mr dickens drew pictures of the want and wretchedness of london life perhaps a similar incredulity might have been expressed within the silken curtains of many a brilliant parlor they had never seen such things and they had always lived in london 
but for all that the writings of dickens awoke in noble and aristocratic bosoms the sense of a common humanity with the lowly and led them to feel how much misery might exist in their immediate vicinity of which they were entirely unaware they have never accused him as a libeler of his country though he did make manifest much of the suffering sorrow and abuse which were in it the author is led earnestly to entreat that the writer of this very paper would examine the statistics of the american internal slave trade that he would look over the exchange files of some newspaper and for a month or two endeavor to keep some inventory of the number of human beings with hearts hopes and affections like his own who are constantly subjected to all the uncertainties and mutations of property relation the writer is sure that he could not do it long without a generous desire being excited in his bosom to become not an apologist for but a reformer of these institutions of his country these papers of south carolina are not exceptional ones they may be matched by hundreds of papers from any other state end of chapter three separation of families part one of two